Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. We're fast approaching a full three decades since the Colorado Rockies debuted in 1993. There have been lots of ups and downs during the years, and a lot of really good baseball players have worn the purple pinstripes. To date, the Rockies don't yet have any sort of display in or around Coors Field to honor past greats or even past very goods. Only Todd Hilton and Larry Walker have had their uniform numbers retired. More than that, deserve to be honored in some fashion. On this week's episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, Manny and I welcome in Paul Parker, who for 25 years served as the Rockies' official team historian. Paul's watched the best to ever wear the purple. Coming up, we'll discuss how to best honor former Rockies standouts and which retired players should receive that honor. Lots of room for healthy discussion and debate, so stay with us. Our ceremonial first pitch is coming up right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. Manny, it's Hall of Fame season, but it's also time to look back around uh, the, the Colorado Rockies, and they don't have a Hall of Fame, but they could, and they should. Some teams do. For instance, Milwaukee Brewers, a team I spent most of my career with, has what they call the Walk of Fame. And that's outside of Miller Park or used to be American Family, whatever it's called now. Uh, they have plaques and things around there honoring guys who, who, who made certain statistical achievements, played a certain number of years, certain number of at-bats, et cetera. And I was wondering, with, especially with the debut of McGregor Square, if something like that might, might work in Colorado. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it definitely uh, – there were, there were some rumblings about a Hall of Fame. Um, our guest today might – I don't know, might be able to tell us something yes. about that. But um, yeah, well, there's Wall of Fame. You know, they're the Walls of Fame, the Walks of Fame, right? Uh, hall of Fame. I know the Reds have a great Hall of Fame over yeah, there. As they should, Hall oldest, or, oldest yeah, organization. And history. they do a really good job. And I think that, I, I, I think it's a no-brainer for any ball, any major yeah. league team, to be honest with you. So um, it's a great exercise. I know that to, to, to do yeah. it. And hopefully that, you know, someone will, well, someone will push that forward we're approaching 30 years 2023 will be 30 years of this will be your 30th season so yeah. and a guy who spent 25 years plus one day with the organization during that time we gotta get that one day in there paul 
Uh, Paul, Paul Parker was the official Rockies historian for most of that, his tenure with the Rockies. And so he's seen all the greats. He's seen them all play. He's up close and personal. There is no better person to ask this question of. And, and Paul, I don't know, have, have you've heard rumblings? I know you've been out, out for a while now, but have you heard any rumblings about anything happening like, along these lines with the Rockies? I have been hearing rumblings for almost the entirety of uh, the Rockies history. Wow. Early on, I, um, I found out that there were plans and the original plans of Coors Field for a museum and learning center. Mm -hmm. And I, I uh, spent about 18 or 20 years crusading internally for such a thing. And um, it got closer a couple of times. Um, and um, finally, when, when the McGregor Square plans came online and people started finding out about them, they said, well, they're gonna have a museum in there, Paul. And I had always uh, taken the position that by the time the Rockies had a museum, I would be in it. Yeah, stuck, exactly. You know, with, a, with a very nice plaque. And, and, um, but uh, we got close, um, boy, I think I, I want to say 2001 or 2002, when um, uh, Kelly McGregor was uh, very much with us. Right. And uh, we had some meetings with him about uh, doing, you know, building this out and, and planning it. And the, the, um, the money seemed to be there. It was always a question of <clears throat> money. I was always told that it was a great idea, but we didn't have it in the budget. And um, yeah. and uh, I remember the Rockies had been averaging about 45,000 a game, just under sellout. You know, originally it was all sellouts, then about 45,000 a game. And then during this exact period of time, the Rockies lost um, 10, uh, 35 out of 45 games. They went 10 and 35 and the attendance went like, you know, through the floor. And it was not only a, a, a drop in attendance, but an unanticipated one from a financial standpoint. And I remember running into Kelly McGregor one day at the, uh, um, in the office at the bottom of the stairs, you know, the uh, layout of the place. Right. And I, uh, we had talked about it a few times and I said, uh, Kelly, how are we doing on the uh, museum right now? And he said, you know, he just shook his head and I said, I, 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 you know, right now I, I can't with the attendance loss and the, and the um, revenue loss, I have to defend a budget to the ownership and I can't, I can't go to them now with a, you know, that's a museum, a well-run museum in, in a major league, uh, with a major league team is going to be, uh, it's never going to be a cash cow. It's, it's a, mm -hmm. like, I think the St. Louis Cardinals, we researched the Cardinals and the Braves at the time who had museums <clears throat> And a well-run museum is a break-even proposition financially. It's it's just a, 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 um, a public interest or or mm -hmm. you know, fan fan-based uh, endeavor. It's never going to be a cash cow. And and Kelly could not uh, defend it in in light of the attendance loss. Right. And I think it was two thousand one, two thousand three. So we got that close, and then <clears throat> because of circumstances on the field, uh, that got backburnered. Does that have to be a museum, though? Can it be like the Brewers do a walk of fame? You're just outside, just stars with names and numbers on them, you know, some sort of honorary thing without maybe the full. Now, the full-fledged museum, I know, Manny, you're, obviously, you know a lot about Cooperstown. That would be awesome. That, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, but, <clears throat> that would be great. I mean, but what you say, like, so you, you have said, to Mark, be that, I mean, I know, I know for a fact that, it, uh, uh, what do they call it now? Oracle Park has yeah. a outside by the bit, you know, where by McCovey Cove, they have right. just, a, they just have like stars and stuff like right. that. And <clears throat> on the other side of the ballpark, the home plate side, they've got, um, they've got 
a wall of fame where they got mm-hmm. like, you know, guys on there. So the elite, I yeah. don't, it doesn't seem, I, I don't know, you know, it, Paul would probably know more about this, but it doesn't seem like it, but I think maybe this is what Mark's getting at Paul. Does it really need to be that much of a financial uh, investment? Well, no, I don't, I don't think it does. And it, <clears throat> in this case, it doesn't have to follow any particular parameters. Right, or guidelines. Exactly. Uh, in the course of working for the Rockies for all that time, uh, I did uh, three times. I did research with other teams, find out what all the other teams are doing in terms of historical preservation and, and uh, display. And it covered the entire spectrum um, from uh, they had a, a grand and glorious St. Louis Cardinals Museum. The Atlanta Braves did a really good job all the way to um, teams that we were doing, won't mention any names, but they're doing less and less. And it didn't necessarily follow the age or the historical um, heritage of the, of the team, hmm. uh, but it was all over the spectrum. And uh, it can it can can come in many different forms. It doesn't have to be a museum. It they, be a- they ultimately do have to have a place to display all that stuff you collected, though. You got a lot of good stuff that's still just collecting dust right now. It'd really be cool to display it. Well, that brings uh, you know that brings us to the McGregor Square. Right. And I was told that um, there was going to be a Hall of Fame, Rockies Hall of Fame in McGregor Square, and. Um, I said, that's great. And, but I, I was not privy to, I retired in February of 2018. So I was not, I didn't see the end of the project. And, but when I, I've been over there a few times, I, I don't know the lay of layout very, very well, but I've been over there and, I, and they have display cases around the various hallways. And I recognize many of the artifacts that I, uh, I uh, collected. Okay. Good. So we are making progress in that direction. That's that's a good thing because that stuff needs to be displayed. Do you still have the seat where Joey Myers home run landed in Mile High Stadium? <laughs> yeah, but it's not the it's not the real one. We found out. Ah. Oh, that's a bummer. As a matter of fact, Joey Myers' daughter came to Denver once, and um, um, I took her up there to show her. That was before we discovered it wasn't the real thing. And then Joey Meyer himself was in Denver. And he had some connections still here, and we took him out to lunch. Some saver folks and took him out to lunch and feeded him. And um... that had to be expensive. <laughs> hey, I can talk crap about my former teammate. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we were teammates. I was in the dugout when that ball hit that upper. I was on his team. I was standing in the dugout, hitting my head. You know, that little ball is on the top of hats. I slammed it in the ceiling of the dugout, watching that thing land in the upper deck. It was amazing. It was a colossal shot. And Joey amazing. is a jo- colossal Joey is man. A very big man. He's... Yes, he is. I know you're tall, Mark, but um, he's very tall and wide. That's yes, right. He's, he's a, a big man. He was, he, was, he, was a, he was a hero here, for, even for a minor leaguer, and, and he deserved it because he had three home runs that night. One in the right. south stands, one did a, just a routine shot to left center, and then he hit that mammoth one. Like, it was just amazing. And, I, and I, that's, a, that's a cool moment, and it's cool it can be displayed, but somewhere, somewhere, that, that real seed exists. we got to find that thing. Hmm. Now, Joey Meyer would not be part of the Colorado Rockies Hall of Fame because he was never a Colorado Rocky. He was a Denver Zephyr. Right. But going back 28 years now, Manny, and I know obviously you would start with the beginnings with Andres Galarraga, but let's take Todd Helton and Larry Walker out of this equation right now. They're in the Hall of Fame. They're no, or Todd's going to be in the Hall of Fame, hopefully at some point. Their numbers are displayed at Coors Field. They're being recognized. Who, who else? We got to Find out who else. And to me, it starts with Andres Galarraga and the Blake Street Bombers. Is that yeah, fair? I mean, I think it obviously starts there, um, you know, just going and, you know, and, and you know, part for, for the book as well. I mean, I put this, I think, um, in the uh, 
uh, toward the end in the afterward about how that team would, that was the first identity of the Colorado Rockies yes. that, that they, they, they established that the Blake street bombers. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are calling for, I mean, themselves, we had Dante on here. He called for it himself. He's like, mm-hmm. bring back the Blake street bombers era to this yeah. team. And, uh, uh, I, I think that that group, uh, that was a special group and all of them need to be in it. I think Andres Colorado, first of all, he was the first star for the right. Colorado Rockies. So that yep. it, it naturally starts with him. He was, he won the batting title that year. <clears throat> uh, Don Baylor, you know, just revived his career with the mm-hmm. batting stance and everything. And I, and he's just a thousand watt smile. The guy was, uh, he was so uh, charismatic. Everybody loved him. And I think, um, so he's got to be there. Dante, I mean, he's just mm-hmm. so many firsts, you know, first home run, a walk off. Mm-hmm at course uh and then he was just he's just a big kid right i mean they love them yep. here and uh so those two guys Vinny castilla you know he's got to be in there he's still you know not only the mm-hmm. the uh the home run leader one of the home run leaders for the rockies but still to this day the the, the most home runs by a mexican born player 320 mm-hmm. and then uh and ellis burks you know the, the, mm-hmm. the, the many often forgotten member of that group and he was awesome he had a 1996 to remember uh, for sure, and a uh, great player. So those guys, hey, I think Blake Street okay. Bombers are the are where you start. Paul, who who are we forgetting from that area from those early years of the Rockies? Who who's being forgotten? Well, Mark, since we texted this morning, I uh, took uh, I sat down and give, gave this some thought. And what I did was come up with, uh, and you can define a Walk of Fame or you know right. down any way you want. That's a big part of it. How are yep. we defining? How widely yep. are we? Are Absolutely we fair. But I came up with ten people that I think should be in the in. Um, in a walk of fame okay. and then i have another list of maybes okay and you've got, you know our our history is <clears throat> rocky's history is now tw- 29 years in the books right so um it's not like colossal but the, some of the maybes were are on my list because of things one or two noted very notable things they did it wasn't i think like that's fair Cooper's that's a big town. part of it you did like something that. for 10 years or something <clears throat> but but manny nailed my first three right yeah. on it sure uh Galarraga, Bichette, uh, Castilla, well, Larry Walker, too, right? Well, oh. by the way, with Walker, um, you know, the numbers displayed and, and Helton, too, but uh, right. a walk of fame has to start with walk. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some Rockies wow. pitchers need to be on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boom, that's boom, a good I'll be here all week. Yeah, that's um, right. Who yeah. else are we missing, Paul? Okay, I think um, uh, Jorge De La Rosa, who's, who's the winningest yeah. pitcher in Rockies yeah. history, and had the highest winning percentage of course field yes. in course field history. So mm-hmm. I put him on the list. Um, Ubaldo Jimenez, because mm. of his magical uh, year yeah. of, uh, he was, you know, he pitched the only yeah. no hitter in, yeah. in the franchise's history. And he took the, took the um, mound for the All-Star National League in the All-Star, All-Star game. Yeah, and I'll say this too, Paul, is that I think pitchers, um, I think you got to you got to include guys who are even here for a short time who had some notable moments because we're talking about pitchers for the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. There's not, I mean, this is a this is not a this is not exactly a very thick group to go through, you know, and <laughs> say, well, you know, hey, hey, I represent large, that remark. Not a large pool, yes. <laughs> not a large pool to, to pull from, you know. That's why the next name on my list is Mark Knutson. No, no. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Um, right. How about? Oh, go ahead. Keep going, Paul. Keep going. Uh, I got De La Rosa and then Ubaldo. He was mm-hmm. 15 and one when he started the All Star game. That, and that year. was incredible. Year 2010, <clears throat> 2009, wasn't it? But he should have won. What 2009 or 2010 was that year? I think it was 2000. 2010. 10. Okay. 2010. And if Clint Barmas catches a pop up, he's a 20 game winner. Right? 
right? Wow, memory. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Another reason to kill the win. I mean, I could. I could oh, stop you're it! Just, you're just making my it. argument for stop me, it. Mark. Stop it. I mean, you need to stop. You need to stop. stop it. Uh, you need to stop wading no, into those waters. That's a different topic. Just stop. Go you ahead, guys, Paul. Do you guys need to need to take this outside? Yeah, probably. Well, at some point, yes. Yeah. Some point. All right. One of my all-time favorite Rockies, Targo, Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. <clears throat> it's an actual no, kind no of doubt. no-brainer. Yeah. And um, he. he I, the most magnificent moment that stands out to me is when he hit an upper deck walk Fuck off, off. Uh, yep. to, to complete the cycle. The cycle. Yep. That's the Cubs. Yeah. Okay. Troy Tulowitzki, whether you, okay. you know, we're not talking personalities here, right, we're not right, talking right. love and lack thereof, right. but right. Yeah, I think he, for the, for the years he was healthy and productive, he was certainly worthy of a Rockies. Rob he's probably the, the he's probably the Rockies' biggest what if, even bigger than yeah. Walker, because Walker right. is still a Hall of Famer even with the injuries. But Tulo, you wonder. Tulo robbed of the Rookie of the Year award, like by, by they gave it to uh, our friend in Milwaukee, Ryan Braun, who uh, played third base that year and made a historic number of errors for a third baseman, but they still gave him the Rookie of the Year, which is very just- very wrong. And he just retired, right? The Hebrew yes, Hammer? Yeah. Yep, yeah. he just retired. So who else? But, uh, I think Tulowitzki was just, <clears throat> his musculature was too tight. He was yeah. he was an, a walking invitation for injuries. Yep. Yeah. Okay, th- have we mentioned Todd Helton? I think well, some- no, we're, we're going to skip Helton and Walker. We're gonna, those are obvious. Those are just too obvious. Okay. I mean, they're already up there, but we're kind of looking for under, you know, page two kind of thing here. Okay, and my last one on the definite list is a manager. Okay. And you may be surprised at who it is. Um, it's uh, the current manager, Bud Black. And I, I did this because mm-hmm. of the on the strength of being the only manager to take the Rockies to the postseason two years in a row. Okay. That's right. I, um, I would definitely say, and again, it's like you said, Paul, it, it depends on how we define this and how wide we want to go. I think Don Baylor has got to be – in fact, I think the Rockies ought to retire that number, 25. Because, I'm with you on that. Uh, Don Baylor um, – you know, his, his fingerprints are all over this team, man. I, yep. I, you know, I didn't even realize it just, it didn't even occur to me because I did a lot of research for the book. So I knew, obviously I knew a lot about him from the, from the early years, but I didn't even realize that he was with the Rockies in some capacity when cargo was here uh, at, a, at the, during he, the time he didn't cargo, coach, yeah. cargo was here and cargo, you know, I was talking to him. He said that that guy really helped me in a huge way with my batting stance and everything else. Like he, his fingerprints go all the way from the beginning almost all the way through to the present time with guys. And I think that guy, uh, you know, being the first manager and taking him to the playoffs in the third year, uh, when honestly that team. I've, I've never been right. through that, through that NLDS away yeah. against the Atlanta yeah. Braves because yeah. they, they were up uh, mm-hmm. late in game one. They literally threw it away. Like Eric Young threw the ball past first mm-hmm. base in the ninth yeah. inning in game two. And uh, I remember talking to Smoltz about the about that for the book. He said, "If we're down 2-0 and we go to Atlanta, good luck winning three straight." And that that yeah. Rockies team is in the NLCS in its third year. Yeah. And the and 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 the uh, the uh, the the Braves swept the Reds. Who knows what the Rockies would have done? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I listen. I didn't play. I didn't. I wasn't around too many. I wasn't around a better person in baseball in my years in baseball than Don Baylor. I was with him in Milwaukee. He was our hitting coach in Milwaukee. With him here, obviously, with the Rockies, oh, one of the best people I've ever been around in my life. He said to us at the very first spring training, we were sitting there in the locker room at High Corbett Field, and one of the first things out of his mouth was, we're not losing 100 games. And you that didn't. was the win. We didn't. We didn't lose 100 games. He, I mean, Don was that intense 
you know, he, he had a honeymoon, right? He didn't have, he didn't have to win his first year. He had a honeymoon. You're an expansion team. He didn't treat it that way. And I think you're right, Manny, that his fingerprints on how to do things uh, resonated with the team that ends up making, making the playoffs. Uh, he was a great man. And you also mentioned another name that I'd throw into this mix, Eric Young. I mean, yeah. one of the most right. iconic moments in Rocky's Before history. We go move on from Baylor. I just want to say that I had the chance to uh, meet Don Baylor a few times and get to know him. And he was an absolute gen- gentleman. I, I feel privileged to have yep. even met him. And one other little tidbit, the year in the third year, 1995, um, he was manager of the year. In the yep. There you go. Yep. And, and you know, to take a team in this environment, we know how hard, I mean, over this 29 mm-hmm. seasons, you know how hard it is to figure out a win here. They really technically haven't figured out how to win it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, take that, take a, a brand new team, a team that loses 95 games in his first year. And by year three, you are you are making the Braves sweat in the postseason. That was an amazing accomplishment. Those Braves, too. That Those mid-90s Braves. The team of the 90s, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I threw out the name Eric Young, I think another guy who – Statistically, yeah, maybe agreed. maybe not, but his impact on this organization is profound, uh, and I, I think EY would be maybe the most walk. iconic, maybe the most iconic moment in franchise history. Oh, that first I might have been run. passed up by the World Series teams, but yeah, pretty close yeah, well, moment, single moment. It might, yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. Also, um, one other thing, I uh, EY Senior is on my maybe list, yeah. and he also did steal six bases in one game off of Deo Nomo. Yeah, I have, uh, I have, I. In the Rockies archive is the stolen base number six. So, yeah, oh, really? That's cool. he grabbed all that good stuff. Back to managers, <clears throat> I, I, you got to have Clint Hurdle, right? He took he, he think, took yeah. he took this team to World the World State. Series. That's yeah. the bottom line. I, I mean, it doesn't matter if you replayed those twenty-one games and they never would have turned out that way again. Uh, you know, winning twenty-one out of twenty-two or whatever, uh, they did it. They got well, there. And, that's a, and that's a five hundred team that just ran through September like crazy, mm-hmm. like nobody's ever seen. And uh, and Clint, I think he deserves it. Well, he was the right guy, too, because uh, Buddy Bell came out. You know, they brought Buddy Bell in here when Dan O'Dowd came in. And Buddy Bell was just milk toast. I'm sorry, he just was. He just he sat in the same spot in the dog. He didn't do anything different. He, there was no life on this team. You could watch him from the stands or from the press box or whatever. They had, there was no life. Clint injected life into that team a year later than the World Series. And, I, yeah, you can't underestimate what Clint And he had O'Dowd been did. with the team before that. As the hitting so, coach. As he was the hitting coach, and- yeah. He had, he, so he has had a long, his long tenure there too, with yeah. the organization. And he's back, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still my, serving my the organization. Points, uh, regarding regarding uh, the World Series run was, hey, I just got out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's sometimes that, that speaks to a great manager. So, do when this, Paul, Paul, you said you have your maybe list. And I think your maybe list might translate into a, you know, not the, maybe the walk of fame, but what'd you call it, Manny, after the, the wall of fame or whatever, where, yeah. where more people are included in. And I think in Milwaukee, like, as I mentioned, they have a statistical measurement to get called. So it's not arbitrary. It's statistical. And I can see some value in that because it eliminates better debate. than what Cooperstown does. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it, it is. It eliminates hey, some debate. What did you say? It's, it's better than what Cooperstown does. Have some sort of narrow it down a little bit yeah. as to who's all of fame. But yeah. I think it also intangibles matter. And Eric Young might not be a they guy do. that measure, measures up statistically. But, um, uh, you know, because honestly, we're talking about Don Baylor. Don Baylor, the worst thing that Don Baylor said the worst thing that ever happened to Eric Young was hitting that leadoff home run, that, that iconic moment. And if you look at Baylor's yeah, face true. when he came in the dugout, he wasn't all that happy. Well, he, didn't I, he, he didn't want his leadoff yeah. man swinging for the fence. EY and, started to sing yeah. for the fence mm-hmm. after that. That's right. I remember he said. And EY, if Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think EY hit two home runs that year, the first game and the last game, right? That's absolutely that's correct. Right. 
So Baylor got to him too. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story that EY told me about that. He said, um, and you may may already know it. He said, um, after I started swinging for the fences after that, like, you know, for the next few games, I would pop out a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to fly out to, you know, medium deep left field, come back in the dugout one day. And this is where uh, the, the genius of Don Baylor comes in because uh, he said Baylor could talk to, to could say very few words and get yes. across a lot. Absolutely true. It was That's, his it was yep. his manner. It was yep. his demeanor. It was his in, uh, imposing figure, even. Yep. And you know the respect he commanded. And he said uh, all he said was when he came back this one time into the dugout, I was like, oh, we got a home run hitter now, huh? Yep. And that's it. That's and right. then, and from that's that point right. on, UI started pounding <laughs> the ball on the ground and beating out infield hits and stealing six bases in one game. Yeah, you're right. absolutely right. That's exactly. Uh, I did this list uh, today. I deliberately looked up no numbers. I, I wanted yeah. to go. Okay. Good. Gut. I've been I've been there for the whole. It's right. Like, for, until I retired, I I was like you an, have a gauge a, for it. Historian, right. also who was alive when George Washington was president and is still alive today. <laughs> Yeah. So I had seen the entirety of it, right. and I wanted to go with my gut feeling. I looked up nothing. This is all off the top of my very, very. So, Paul, what was it like when the first game was ever played in Colorado in baseball history? I mean, any game. <laughs> and I'm talking about anything. Oh, come I think on. it was back in 18. Uh, oh, come on was, now. Because baseball is older than statehood, actually, in Colorado. 1862. There, there you in the, go. In the How was it that day? What was the weather like? <laughs> Partly cloudy. The chance of let's move on. That's good. So let's move, let's move on to your maybe list because I think those guys there needs to be a place for those guys too. Okay, I really do. Now one more manager. Okay. Um, don't say buddy. Bill. Don't say buddy Bill, please. I'm not going to say buddy okay. Bill. Okay, good. Or that uh, that other fella who was <clears throat> who, who lived took it took a team to the playoffs. Who was here one year? Yep. And slept in the in the clubhouse. Oh no. Yeah, I'm not. He's Don't not say that either. Good. Thank you. But uh, I'm talking about Jim Tracy. Yeah. We just I'm turned 66, I think, on New no. Year's Eve. No. And, yeah, uh, I think he just turned 66 and, on New uh, Year's uh, Eve, I believe. And took oh. a Rockies team to the playoffs. Well, yep. the reason, and these are snippets. These aren't like right. 20 year performances. But Jim Tracy, again, just remembering it, we went to the World Series in 07. Mm-hmm. In 08, we fell off a little. You know, it was like Clint Hurdle's uh, buy year. You know, he, it bought him some shelf time. And then we started 09. We started 6 and 16, and, and they let Clint go. And Tracy took over and ended up – he took – he inherited a 6 and 16 record and ended up – the Rockies ended up winning 92 games that year. So for that performance, I, get, I give him Jim Tracy a maybe. Okay. One guy we haven't, one guy we haven't mentioned uh, that I think belongs in there is Matt Holiday. Uh, I oh, don't yeah. think we mentioned Matt. Ooh, no, not yet. Going to be somebody. Yeah, Matt. Matt Holiday for of course. You know, he's he's kind of more of an obvious one as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's yep. a, the slide. You know, the slide is is you know right there with Ewy's home run. Yeah, right, right there with Ewy's right home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether he touched the plate remains a mystery. And we always ask Bud Blast like, the first question out of everybody's mouth when uh, when the Padres come to town. With Buddy yeah. Black, is, and then uh, did, did, did Holiday touch the plate? Because you're a Rockies manager now, but you were the Padres manager then. Yeah, you know, but so but Eric Garrett Atkins' ball was a home run, not a double, so it wouldn't even have mattered. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I mean, I think yeah, Holiday's yeah, right. you know Atkins and Hop, by the way, those two guys because they're on that they're team, borderline. Else, yep. You got to wonder about them. Yes, they're borderline guys. No question. Both of them are on my maybe list. There you go. Who would leave off? 
Who else? Um, well, um, let's see. Who else do I? I let, let Paul, let, Paul's got his list. Go ahead, Paul. Who's Paul's on? the man. We got to listen to what he's got to say. Um, you know, it, it struck me as I was getting toward the end of this that no, there haven't been many standout Rockies catchers. Oh yeah, well that's been a topic on this program. There hasn't been any really to this day. So I, I, I tried to uh, you know throw the throw the position a bone, and I, I I thought about Charles Johnson and Willie Rosario. Um, Norvi Torrealba. That's I mean, honestly, he's probably he and Chris Einan are probably the two best catchers in North. Yeah, history. you got to wonder about longevity there. Exactly, there wasn't any. Yeah. There wasn't any. Wasn't I think I, honestly, that's a position where the Rockies' draft failures have been enormous. They haven't drafted a, a, a standout catcher in their entire existence. Like the Broncos haven't draft, drafted a standout quarterback in their entire existence. So it's just a, it's a sort a blind spot. We're not, we don't have to include a catcher, but if we're going to, I'm guess, guessing I'd lean toward yeah. Tori Alba. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't, I wasn't impressed with the Joe, Joe Girardi's time here. That it was, was more off the field than on the field with Joe when he was here, but yeah, I get that. So a um, guy who's been a manager and a player, I think there's something to be said about that as Walt Weiss yeah. um, because he was a manager and a player. I think he's the only manager yeah. and rock guy who's a Rockies uh, and he was part of that 95 team and he was put you know um would you put his star up on the wall it's close i, I don't know yeah that's a tough one a i tough thought one. about walt but and i know walt and i like walt mm-hmm. good guy but i just couldn't pull the trigger and walt yep. i got you i got As you a player yeah i mean he came back and managed and you know he got sideways in the clubhouse yep. with upper management and yep and it didn't end well but um and do we have a relief pitcher yes in this mix does houston That's street make this cut does uh you know if steve, i like you know who steve, i like steve, steve Reed. Reed. yeah steve Reed. I like I mean, steve how many Reed. guys guys would you put in that category and who holds and who holds the you're gonna laugh but who holds the franchise record for saves in one season wade davis well yeah sounds right <laughs> yeah the, 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 the way davis who has become the latest to uh to uh, Hang go to up. Colorado and never come back. Yeah, never come you know, back. That's right. I, I got to tell you, you remember Jim Armstrong of the Denver Post? Of course. He, you reminded me of a, a funny line he put in the paper when Byung-Yum Kim was pitching for us mm-hmm. and, and he had a very herky-jerky motion. And uh, Armstrong said, I don't want to say uh, Byung-Yum Kim has an unusual delivery. Is he right-handed or left-handed? <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a good line. I wonder. Um, it, obviously, relief pitching has been a, a sore spot for this team, but there's been some guys who've done a, a solid job here. Um, Brian Fuentes is who I was talking about before. Oh, yeah. um, he's done. He was he an all star. He was an all star. Almost. I've all, at this point, Manny. I think any pitcher, Sean Chacon, any pitcher who's made the all. Oh, Manny Corpus. I mean, yeah. I don't think he was an all star, but a Manny Corpus was huge for them. Any guy know, who's yeah. made the all star team as a pitcher for the Rockies should have his name. Should have something so, on a wall somewhere. Right. Yeah, send him to Cooperstown. Why not? Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton has to be in that discussion. I was going to say, Mike Hampton. You yeah. got to be careful. You know, he, he got to the All Star game in his first year with the Rockies. Mm-hmm. He was 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. He was good. For with a while, the Rockies, yeah. You know, everybody else can just mail it in, you know. That's right. The rest of the league. And I, I remember I used to be uh, in the Speakers Bureau. And I go, when the Rotary Club and the Optimist Club would call, I'd, I'd go speak to them. And around the time uh, Hampton was happening, I, I remember getting up and one of my lines was, um, you know, I was on board when we signed Mike Hampton for all that money. And, and um, I knew I, I was on the bandwagon, the Mike Hampton bandwagon. Yep. I knew he was going to be a 20 game winner here in Denver. I just didn't think it would take two years. Well, yeah. <laughs> it took some of us longer than that. So that's not a big deal. Um, I honestly, um, we could probably go keep, I mean, we have to draw the line at some point. We could probably keep going and keep going and go, going, but obviously the obvious choices are, are a cargo and a Matt holiday. Does Dexter Fowler make this cut? That's I think he's, he's a, maybe he's a fringe guy for me. 
You mentioned Brad Hopp and Garrett Atkins. I put them in that same category. Uh, um, Justin Murnau won a batting title here. So did Michael Gadier. Do we give them uh, honorary mention of some sort? So how long form? I mean, could we do this in two phases? Could we have a, a, a walk of fame and a wall of honor or something oh, like that? So for the honor, honorable mentions, yeah. Yeah, honorable could we do something like that? I hope something like this eventually happens at Coors Field because I, I, at the McGregor Mer- yeah, Square is the right, pl- right place for it. But I think fans would really enjoy seeing the names from the past honored for what they did while they were covering the Rockies. And then the next question after that becomes, who's the first statue? Because <clears throat> you know what? Mm-hmm. That that Helton statue of him clutching the mm-hmm. baseball, you know, with Eric Burns. Yep. And you better put Burnsy in there too, behind yeah. him. You know, he's laid flat, you know, flat yeah. on it on his stomach and looking down. Um, but that would be the perfect statue. Yeah, it would for for uh, and finally, and uh, uh, somebody I used to really like, Jason Jennings. Who rookie of the year? The year. Only rookie year. Angel, you do pitch a complete game, shut out, hit a home, home run. run. Yeah, and I, I think to round out starting pitchers, we'd have to include Pedro Stasio. We would have yeah. to. Yeah, uh, Pedro Stasio, yeah. along with Jorge De La Rosa, right. were the guys that you, came in there and like I, I don't. I'm not even going to look at my ERA. The 1999 Obviously. season, I think Pedro Stasio had some sort of like a like a like a four nine or five ERA. Yeah, something like that. And that ERA plus, which is adjusted for ballpark right. and for league. Over 100 is above average. They said 100 to average was over average. Mm, wow. At a five, at a close to five. Yeah. And that's what the 19, that's the steroid era for you. Yeah. 1999. Yeah. That's the, the run scoring environment in baseball was yeah. such that you could post a five ERA as a and Rockies you, and pitcher you and you were above average. And you can't blame me for that. I was retired by then. So, anyway. <laughs> right, hey, Paul. Can we blame you for? Uh, this whole no, discussion, this whole discussion is my, was my idea. I, I just, I hope we have. <laughs> We see this come to fruition, Paul. Your work over the years was way too valuable. You have too many cool things. I'm glad they're starting to put them in display cases. All of it needs to be displayed, along with a like wall of honor and a wall and a walk of fame, something like that, so we can see see more of these names immortalized. Absolutely. Is the best way to put it, right? And and, and I, we'd be remiss not to say, not to mention this, but Paul uh, is also the president emeritus of the Rocky Mountain Chapter of Saber <clears throat> Society for okay. American Baseball Research. He is. Um, yeah, he he. he oh, look at that! Yeah, he was named that after uh, retiring, um, as I you like know, uh, or I should say, after leaving uh, his post as president, um, after you know more than two decades of yeah. Um, yeah. shepherding this. Uh, Twenty-five this group. years in one day. Yeah, shepherding this group. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that that was that the Rockies, was... and shepherding the group at Saber to become the, as he put it, and it's, and rightfully so, the gold standard of all chapters in the war, in the United States and probably the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colorado chapter, the Rockies or Rocky Mountain chapter of Saber is the standard to which everyone else is held, and that's that's a big he's, he's the main reason why. Well, Paul, if they ever do pull you know pull this out of mothballs, this museum idea out of mothballs, I hope they call you and ask you to come and be part of that. Because Absolutely. obviously you have the right mm-hmm. way, the right mm-hmm. ideas on how to do that. And you'd be the ideal man uh, to, to curate that place. You oh. know, I, I really think um, I was, and this sounds may sound a bit egotistical, but I was the right guy in the wrong place. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I come, I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up three miles from where Ebbets Field was, although I was a little young for the Dodgers. Gil Hodges, who just got into the hall, uh, lived on the next block and I, I played basketball with his son and once I can tell you Gil Hodges stories, but, and my father was a, a big baseball fan and, and he took a, um, a very intellectual approach to be- baseball. He was a student in the game as were his three older brothers. And my dad saw Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig play 
hundreds of times. He was that literally born the same year and died the same year as Joe DiMaggio, purely coincidental. Wow. Wow. But that's my baseball pedigree. So here I am in Denver, Colorado. I get in on the ground floor with ticketing and uh, you know, I'm the right guy. I know, I know yeah. baseball. I, I, I tried to always appreciate baseball as a significant American institution. Thank you very much, Paul, for joining us. It was, it's been awesome. We'll really do this again. It, we, will do the, we will definitely do this again. And <clears throat> you, uh, you're the best. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. You guys. Thanks, Paul. All right, Paul. Manny, we'll be back to wrap it up with the closer right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars, past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. The Colorado Rockies have a rich history, even if it's only a history that dates back three decades. A team hall of fame, or walk of fame, or wall of fame, or whatever you'd call it, is definitely something that would be a great feature at Coors Field and McGregor Square. It just makes too much sense. And with a game as steeped in history and tradition as baseball, I think personally that every club should have one to honor its all-time greats. We talked on today's podcast about who might belong in such an honorary group for the Rockies. And however you define it, this is a team that, while postseason appearances have been few and far between, has had many memorable and iconic moments. Eric Young's homer as the first batter in a Rockies home game in 1993 at Mile High Stadium. Dante Bichette's 14th inning walk-off homer to Kristen Coors Field on a frigid night in April of 1995. Kurt Laskanik jumping what looked like six feet in the air after recording the final out that sent Colorado to the postseason in just the franchise's third year of existence. Larry Walker's historic MVP campaign in 1997. The slide from Matt Holliday in 2007. Todd Helton clutching the final out of that year's NLCS, capping off a miraculous run that vaulted the Rockies into their only World Series to date. And the list goes on. Baseball is hard. It's even harder in the altitude of Denver. That's become abundantly clear in the 29 seasons the Rockies have toiled in their quest to somehow find a way to win it all. But there have been some electric highlights along the way, along with some legendary performances. Those ought to be memorialized at the corner of 20th and Blake Street someday. Hopefully, someday is soon. That'll close out another episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Paul Parker, the former Rockies team historian, for his invaluable input. Will there be a Rockies Hall of Fame someday soon? Stay tuned, and be sure to rejoin us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.